Business Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director. I'm going to be talking about voting, which people have been talking a lot about in the news with Ben Kite. You're the Minneapolis County Auditor's Office. Tell us what that is. So the Auditor's Office has two primary responsibilities. One, the business manager for the county. So we you know, pay all the bills, create the budget, you know, kind of control the, the finances. And the other primary responsibility is that is of the election official. So we're responsible for organizing elections in the primary and the general election and then assisting other communities, organizations with their votes. So if a school district or a community needs assistance, you know, we provide them vote registrations and some other supplies that they might need. So those are kind of broadly speaking the uh, responsibilities of the auditor's office. Long ago, Manfred Schaumach, does that ring a bell with you? Yeah, he was a finance officer for the city of Sioux Falls, I believe. Back in the 70s, and his wife always brought down cookies during election night. We had the old computers back at that time, and we'd have to rip and read and add ourselves and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, we see a lot of talk and, and things about voting machines and this and that and all, everything else, but we really do have kind of a paper ballot backup, don't we? Yeah, so on November 8th, that's on that Tuesday in election November that we will all vote. After the polls are closed, we'll have all the voters that um, go to the polls. They will vote their ballot. And then we also have received absentee ballots. We have a 46-day absentee voting period in South Dakota. So for Minnehaha County, that means we'll get somewhere uh, between ten to 15,000 people who vote absentee. They do that either by requesting an FC ballot through our office that we mail out to them, and then they return it in an envelope. Or they can come in person to the county administration building and, and vote here, kind of handle it the same way. And then so we'll, get, we'll have those ballots. We, then we'll have the ballots that come from the, the precinct. So it's about an 80-20 split, so about 20% vote absentee, 20 or 80% vote in person at the precincts on that day. So after the, the polls close at 7 o'clock, the uh, poll workers have a reconciliation process where they you know, make sure that the, the number of ballots uh, they expect to have in the ballot box are, are what they are, and uh, they return those to the uh, county administration building here at 6th of Minnesota. And then uh, my staff will take those along with some other help take those we have a counting room upstairs in the commission chamber room that uh, we'll open those ballot boxes and process them or count them using our tabulating machines so those are optical scan tabulating machines they'll read those and um, you know calculate the results it'll take probably till two three o'clock in the morning I would expect if everything goes well to complete the count, and um, we hope to have you know, those good results uh, at that time. Well, we'll wake up in the morning and find out. Bennett Kite, uh, Minnie County Auditor, each county has an auditor and goes through this. Does the Boy Scouts bring in the uh, the ballots still? Yeah, so we have the Boy Scouts assist us when when the from the when the poll workers uh, bring the the ballot boxes back from their polling locations to the county administration building. We've, we generally have a couple of Boy Scout troops that go out and meet those um, election workers, take the ballots from their cars and bring them into the county administration building where we check the ballot boxes in along with some other documentation that we're looking for from the, the polls. 
but yeah, they get involved. I think that's a good experience for the young kids. Get a little bit of introduction to the election process. You know, we've always had good cooperation from the scout troops on that. It's kind of a good involvement thing, I think, for the young kids. I think so, too. Polls open at what time? They'll open at 7 a.m., and they will close at 7 p.m. So you've got 12 hours to vote. Just encourage everybody to go early. Don't wait if you don't have to, um, because the longer you wait, the longer the lines will be. What if there's a line at 7 p.m.? Do they get to finish? Yeah, so anybody who's in line at 7 p.m. will get to vote. You will keep the polls open, but if you come at 7.05, you're not going to be able to vote. Talking to uh, Ben Kite, uh, Ben Kite, Minneapolis County Auditor. Uh, you've been auditor now for how long? Not quite two years. So I was appointed on uh, January 1st, 2021. So, uh, yeah, I'm working on uh, a two-year. Well, it's not your first rodeo then. It's my second rodeo, mm-hmm. I should say. I had, we did the primary. Um, we learned a lot from that. You know, I think we, we're learning a lot still. Uh, the general is much different than the primary. Lots of differences between the two. Um, I think the primary is a much more complicated um, election just because you have Democratic um, ballots. You have a Republican ballot and you, and this, in our June primary, we had a nonpartisan ballot. So if you were an independent or no party affiliation, you had a separate ballot um, to vote just for the, uh, I think it was initiative measure um, at that point. So now, is there a poll watcher, a Democratic and a Republican poll watcher? There, there can be, right? So each party is allowed to um, put poll watchers uh, at each um, precinct, and and in some cases there will be poll watchers. Uh, in other cases, there won't be. Uh, I'm not sure how those parties determine where they want to put them, but um, you know we did have some poll watchers in the. June primary, uh, and I would expect we'll have uh, poll watchers again in the uh, general election here in November. Well, many a county auditor, uh, Ben Kite, the uh, your district attorney friend would say, well, there's a chain of evidence, and, and I guess I'm applying that to the voting. There's uh, really, those ballots never get out of sight. That's a, a constant all the way to when they're handed to you, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, when those ballots are, are they're delivered to the Precincts, right? They have control of those that whole time, um, and they use those uh, ballots throughout the day, right? So if there's people are voting, if, and uh, every time a ballot is voted, it goes into the ballot box. Um, at the end of the night, if there's um, unvoted ballots, we have a special, um, you know, a, a sleeve that they go into. Um, but then, you know, once they returned here and at the polling place there's a reconciliation process that goes on so that they know how many ballots they've received um, so if there's a if, if we give them a thousand ballots at the beginning of the day they they count those to make sure that's how many they got and then um, they you know they tr- keep track of how many ballots they use throughout the day um, and then they uh, and they're numbering the uh, people who who voted right so um then at the end of the night, they will look at how many ballots they have left compared to that to how many people um, or how many they received, right? So if they had 
1,000 ballots received. Do they have 200 left? That means there should have been 800 ballots to use, and they'll make sure that number matches um, the, the, the number uh, that they have been uh, keeping track of throughout the day. Have they ever... with, with some adjustments, I guess, for you know uh, spoiled ballots and mm-hmm. other things, but yes. Have they ever ran out of ballots at 5 o'clock and said, whoops, we don't have any more ballots? Um, I suppose they have, right? Um, you know, sometimes it, if you try to cut it close, uh, you know, trying, um, you could do that. Um, Try to avoid that. It, you know, again, that's one of those things that comes with experience, you know, knowing how much to, I mean, to, to uh, um, have printed. Um, you know, I've tried to be an extra, or extra careful in uh, this election, you know, kind of plan for a, 100% turnout, basically, and um, make sure that we have plenty of ballots out in the, the field. You know, we have to also um, kind of balance that with the, um, the, the amount that we need for uh, absentee um, ballots, so those in-person ones. And, uh, yeah, we, we try to make sure that we have enough. I can't say whether we've ever ran out, um, but I'm sure that situation has occurred. Well, that's why they have an auditor, I guess, in charge of all these numbers. Uh, what about ballots that are unused? Uh, that's something that they have to kind of keep uh, accounting on, too, so that uh, the unused ballots are, are counted. Yeah, right. So that's all part of that reconciliation process at the end of the night, as I was just describing, right? We, the, uh, that Those election poll workers, you know, and they, they count the number of ballots that, that they are given, then they count the number of ballots that are uh, unused at the end of the night. Uh, they put them in a, um, a kind of a secure sleeve that we have them return those unused ballots to um, the uh, back here to the county administration building, along with the um, the ballot box of the full ballot. So yes, all those all that material is returned to us. Talking to Bennett Kite, the Monero County Auditor, for the election coming up November 8th, which isn't too far away. Uh, the uh, precincts, are, do we still have the same number of precincts as last year? Have they changed any? Uh, they haven't at this point. So we have a total of uh, 75 precincts in Minnehaha County. Some of those are combined, um, so we don't have 75 locations, but... Um, we do have yeah 75 precincts. We haven't they haven't changed um, the location or the the precinct boundaries. There might be a couple of changes in location. Uh, I think we had you know um, one that we had like the library uh, was we had a library that we were using. It was under construction uh, early in the year, so we moved it to a church that was next door. Uh, we might have had a uh, polling place uh, I think on the west side of town that. Um, Decided they didn't. They wanted to no longer be a polling place, so we had to find. A, I think we found a church that was willing to, to move there. But if you want to look at those um, polling locations, I, what I would suggest people do is go to the South Dakota Secretary of State's office. On there, you'll find a voter information portal. There, you can enter your name and your either your date of birth, I think, and uh, maybe a year's. Um, maybe your uh, zip code, I can't remember which one, and then um, you put that information in that voter information portal. It will tell you where you're, where you should, where you're scheduled to vote. 
It'll also give you the option of seeing the ballot that you will see uh, when you get to your precinct. So that's kind of a uh, nice feature there. So you could uh, review the ballot that you will be seeing, uh, help help you make your decisions, do some research, and then uh, be more prepared to vote uh, when you arrive at the precinct. Well, the mayor would say we get about five, 7,000 more people, and we're kind of a boom town. Uh, mm-hmm. per year. Uh, those people, is it too late for them to still register here? Well, um, voter registration deadline is Monday, October 24th. Okay, so if you're not hurry. registered by then, you uh, won't be able to, to vote um, or be able to update your voter registration. But when you say by then, they can still register tomorrow, Monday, the, the 24th. Yeah, so to register, you have to complete a voter registration form, and the auditor's office needs to receive that um, physical document. Right? We, we can, can't have you scan it to me and, and email it to me. Um, it, we have to receive it uh, in our office. So you're almost going to have to um, deliver it in person to the auditor's office um, to ha- on Monday for it to be uh, available to get your voter uh, registration completed. Now, if they have an out-of-state ID, is that good enough? Um, I think you need a South Dakota. Okay. Well, ID. yeah, if you're going to vote in South Dakota, now it's you pretty much have to have a driver's license or some kind of uh, valid identification when you do vote, though, right? Right. Yeah. So that's the primary identification. Um, tool that's used at the polls and for people who vote absentee is that South Dakota driver's license. Now, there are other forms of ID that are acceptable. Um, a passport with your picture in it, that would be a valid ID. Uh, if you have a tribal identification um, card, that's valid. Uh, you know, another government-issued ID, such you know, veterans might have an ID card with their picture on it. Uh, student ID is also acceptable. You know, again, has to be have a picture on it. But um, is it general? Yes, we see a driver's license as the typical ID form um, that we use. Well, we're talking to you Friday afternoon. Uh, to be as current as we can, we can hear your office in the background there. The uh, absentee ballots coming in uh, are they uh, stacking up pretty high? Are we getting quite a high number? of yeah, so, you know, again, this is my first general election, so I'm just kind of going by some of the history that I <clears throat> see um, from prior elections. Um, you know, we, we've got about, I don't know, a little over 4,000, 4,500 maybe uh, absentee ballots in the primary election. Uh, we'll be well past double that. So, I mean, I'm, I think I mentioned earlier, we'll have anywhere between ten to 15,000 uh, absentee ballots. So they're in the in this last two weeks is when we see a really big push. Uh, people like to kind of delay their their um, uh, absentee ballot um, usage. So um, the line, we, we, if you want to vote, you know, absentee in person, those um, people can, who want to do that can come down to the Minneapolis County Administration Building. Um, we have a uh, uh, absentee voting in person set up on the third floor so you can either take the elevator or take the stairs to the third floor and then um, vote there uh, absentee well there's many ways you can vote i guess uh, there's mm-hmm. many opportunities uh, the uh, uh, actual voting I, I guess uh, are there things that are confusing on the ballot to you that maybe 
a yes means no or no means yes type of thing? I, I think the uh, probably the most confusing one that I've heard comments from the uh, citizens has been the uh, Slaughterhouse Initiative for Sioux Falls. So it, that is a little confusing. I think it's uh, you might interpret it as a, a yes means no and a no means yes. Um, so I guess I would suggest that the uh, voter kind of take their time and read that initiative, make sure they understand how they're voting. But that's one's most confusing. So another thing about the, the ballot itself this time. So they were if you are a city of Sioux Falls resident, there will be 30 um, ballot um, questions for you to uh, vote on. Uh, if you're if you live outside of the Sioux Falls city limits, there will be 29. And and the reason that there's it's so long, it's it's a front and back ballot. So um, the reason it's primarily so long is that we have uh, an, um, several um, circuit court judges that are up for um, renewal. So you have to we have to have a vote for those, and that's added a little bit of length to it, along with. Not only the slaughterhouse initiative for cities evolves, but you also have two statewide uh, initiatives. You know, one for Medicare expansion, and then you have one for the uh, marijuana um, recreational marijuana use. Uh, those take a little bit more uh, space in the ballots, and then just of all the other um, ballot questions, you know, the the U.S. Uh, Senators, uh, representatives, the governor, the all the um, state legislative races, uh, the county races, and, and uh, other judges. And then we, I think we also have two Supreme Court uh, justices are up for renewal that uh, people should vote on. Can people uh, vote straight ticket? Um, no, I don't think that's an option. We don't mm-hmm. actually have to vote individually for each uh, candidate. We don't. Well, I'm glad to hear that too. Uh, the Main thing, I guess people would be advised to uh, where can they see a uh, uh, sample ballot, and when they go online, they can they can read yeah. all those ahead of time. So, if uh, as I mentioned, that voter information portal that, uh, is found at the Secretary of State's website. That's uh, that's the most useful tool. It can, it can personalize your um, the ballot that you're going to see. Uh, we've also distributed sample ballots to the uh, libraries in Sioux Falls. Um, that those ballots that we have that we distribute, those contain all the races in the county. So they, they aren't going to be. It's not going to be a ballot that's specific to you. Uh, it will give you. You know, you'll have to understand where your uh, what state legislative district you live in. If you're curious about you know voting for a particular candidate, um, but that's another option. Um, I, we do have uh, that sample ballot also posted on the Minneapolis County uh, website under Auditor Elections. So those, there's several options you can use. If they uh, Google it, I, I'm sure it'll come up. I'm talking to uh, Ben Kite, uh, Minneapolis County Auditor. The uh, uh, Auditor's Office is where? The Auditor's Office is located at, in the Minneapolis County Administration Building, which is located at in Minnesota in Sioux Falls. Uh, the auditor's office itself is on the first floor of that building. So if you enter, um, the, the main door is on the west side of the building. Um, we're one of the first offices on the uh, in on the floor. Not far from the driver's license uh, plates? It's, it's right right across the, uh, the hall from the driver's um, or the treasurer's office where you renew your license plates. 
what if people move? People, there's more people living in apartments now. They move quite often, mm-hmm. uh, can, but they have to go to the place that they're registered to vote in, right? Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of common uh, here in Minneapolis County, and I'm sure around others places. But um, yeah. So you, if you've registered to vote and um, you then move to a different location. You can still vote, but you're going to have to vote at that um, place where you're currently registered. You can't vote at, a, at the precinct that you live in necessarily. So that's the way the process works in South Dakota. You, we don't require you to register or to update your voter registration. We would recommend that you do, but we don't require that as a state law. So you, we allow you to continue to vote um, uh, even, as long as you're registered. And uh, you, but if you're going to vote on election day, you need to vote at the precinct that you are assigned to, um, or where you're registered at. And uh, yeah, that does create some confusion uh, for some voters. Um, but you know, that for some, you know, for some people, that's where they prefer to vote. Right? They've always voted that lo- one location. Maybe it's convenient for them. Uh, maybe they have some particular interest in. Voting that um, for in that area, but um, yeah, I, as a general rule, though, people will update their voter registration to uh, reflect their current address. Well, when they fill out the uh, post office forwarding address, it'd be a good time for them to remind to uh, check where the precinct might be that they have to change their registration to. Yeah, they, and, they can do that online, right? Uh, what uh, update their voter registration? Yep, can they update that? No, they, okay. that's not uh, allowed by the state of South Dakota. It was there was a bill that was introduced in the state legislature this spring, um, but that didn't um, get approved. So right now, you still it's still a manual process um, to update your voter registration, and that's something I think the state needs to look at. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons people don't update their voter registration um, is because it's it's not an easy process. You got to get the form and complete it. And, uh, you know, in today's world, that's not always uh, something that we want to do, right? We want to make it easy. Um, so, yeah, you still have to get that form, complete it, write it out, sign it, and deliver it to the auditor's office. Well, I, I agree with, you know, being in person nowadays, um, you hear so much about voter fraud in, in other, you know, in the news, uh, in other parts of the country. Um, what are the things that, uh, you know, first of all, you got absentee ballots. When, when do they start looking at those? Um, we don't open those ballots until Election Day. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're not allowed to do that. Only thing we do with those absentee ballots is when we receive them, uh, we uh, we confirm we have a confirmation process. So there's like a barcode that we uh, put on a label that we send to each one of those uh, voters. So when it comes in, we scan it in to kind of that validates who they were. And then there's also a requirement that they sign the um, that envelope where they put the ballot in. We check that signature against the signature we have on file. And so those are kind of our control processes there to make sure that they're um, we're receiving the ballot back from the um, the voter we sent it to. Have you seen any suspicious absentee ballots come in? Uh, we have not. You know, we have a staff here that's looking through those on a daily basis. Um, we 
you'll have some questions on some, obviously, but and we looked those over, haven't found any that we would um, discount. So, um, you know, I mean, we we do take uh, time to look at those all closely, but as a general, they all look legitimate. What would be the reason for throwing out a ballot? Um, well, if, you know, again, somebody didn't sign there that um, that envelope. Um, that could be a reason we wouldn't uh, count it. You know, we do try to, if we have time, we might try to contact that that voter and uh, see if they, you know, if they can come down and, and sign the, that envelope. Um, we're trying not to, you know, disenfranchise anyone. We make sure everybody gets that opportunity to vote, but. Um, I, yeah, I can't really think of any other uh, situations that, you know, unless it was a suspicious, something that, you know, it might be suspicious that we see that uh, we could... Um, if it was printed on a mimeograph machine or something, yeah. Yeah, right, you know, or that, you know, you can tell it's all altered, uh, and, um, yeah, we do, do try to investigate those. What about the um, voter know, registration? Is it is that ever uh, looked at as far as people that have uh, died if they're you know still on the register? Yeah, so there's a there's a process for that. Um, so the, when anybody in the state of South Dakota uh, passes away, the coroner generally gets files a report with South Dakota Department of Health. The Department of Health um, feeds that information to our um, voter database. The state of South Dakota has a statewide uh, voter uh, database we refer to as total votes system. And um, so that information is fed into that system. Uh, and then we get we get those notices on a daily basis. And then we process those. We would then mark, uh, we then unregister those voters, mark them as deceased. Um, so, and that's, like I said, done on a daily basis. Um, you know, there's always going to be some situations where some of that information is received. You know, it could possibly be that, you know, you could be a voter that uh, lives outside of the state of South Dakota and, you know, maybe the, um, maybe, you know, the, that information is relayed to our Department of Health. So we, um, we kind of rely then on family members to make sure that, uh, to see if they will report those. And then there's always that uh, process about um, not voting after a period of time. So that, you know, we do purge voters from the system after a period of time if they haven't voted and we haven't been able to, to confirm their address. So um, you well, know, as a general rule, what happens is that if you haven't voted in four years, we're going to send you a uh, a card just to verify your address. Now, that card um, isn't returned to us saying that, you know, that somebody says, hey, this person doesn't live here or, you know, it's a bad address or they've moved, something like that. We have to assume that uh, that person's still a, uh, wants to be a registered voter, even though they haven't voted. What if they, what if they're one of these people that, that travels in an RV and they say Sioux Falls is their home? Uh-huh. So those people, it's kind of the same process, right? Um, we have you know, we have several of those, or a lot of those people who were registered here and uh, vote. So that they just they um, send us uh, once a year. They'll they'll submit a request to have them have us send to them absentee ballots, which we do. 
but we'd have the same um, process, right? If they don't vote after four years, we'll send a card out. If that card doesn't come back, well, then they continue to be listed on the polls as an active voter, whether they voted or not. Uh, if you if you do vote, you know um, that kind of also triggers a note on the system that this, you're an active voter, and uh, you know there's nothing that needs to be done. But there's some people that you know are obviously inactive because um, we've sent them a uh, card and it maybe came back that this person no longer lives here. We note that on the system and then mark them as inactive and send send them another card after like four years. See if they're here. So there's a there's a process that you know the federal law requires us to follow mm-hmm. before we can you know remove voters. Well, look, our time yeah. is up. I, I, you've answered many questions, and I really appreciate it. I, I sound pretty uh, convinced that we're going to have a good election coming up uh, on November eighth. How, how what type, what percentage of turnout do you think is going to be? Um, you know, we're in the normally sorry um, these um, these off season elections. We get about you know. 60, 70 percent. I would think that um, you know it depends upon um, the issues in the ballot that drive people here. Uh, but a non-presidential election—that's what we get. I mean, that's a pretty good turnout, I think, uh, nationwide. You know, we get in the 70 percent range. But yeah, it, it, a lot of it kind of depends upon how people feel about some of the uh, issues on the ballot. Well, I, I, the main thing is to vote, no matter what. And if there's questions, they still have time to do that this next week. Bennett Kite, uh, Minneapolis County Auditor, thank you very much for answering my questions and being with us on forum. Thank you.